Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Healing Life Wisdom. I'm Tiffany Windsor. On this episode, my guest and I will be talking about GMOs and glyphosate and how they may be affecting your wellness. I'll return in just a moment with my guest, Candice Licione. I'm on the road tonight, and I hope I have a great internet connection for you, but that music just did not want to play. I'm delighted to welcome my guest, Candice Licione, and we'd like to talk about GMOs and glyphosate, also known as Roundup, and how they may be affecting your wellness. Candice, I hope you're there. I'm here. I was a little worried there for a minute. There was such a (laughs) silence. I I know, and this happened to us last week, and we've gone weeks and weeks without any delays, but um, it just had a a long delay tonight, so welcome. Well, thank you, and hopefully we won't have any more issues with uh, the Internet, but uh, so glad to be here tonight and to share all this amazing info on GMOs and Roundup that I was not aware of a lot of this information, so I think everybody will find this to be very informative. I agree, and... Candace and I have been discussing for years how we can best help others on their paths to wellness. A reoccurring discussion with us is about simply sharing information on a topic that you may or may not be aware of. GMOs and Roundup is a perfect example of something that you've probably heard about in the mainstream news but didn't know exactly how they may affect you and you weren't interested in digging any deeper. So that's why we're here to share information with you that will hopefully get you interested in learning more about what may be affecting you and your family's wellness. As I first started digging into tonight's topic, I quickly realized that we had enough convo. So Candace suggested I start whittling down my information and give you a shorter synopsis and leave the lengthy details for our blog post. So please check out our post at healinglifewisdom.com for links and more details. So let's get started. There has been a debate raging about GMOs for a long time now. I first became aware of this topic because of the dirty dozen list for organic crops versus heavily pesticide crops. At that time, I learned how to read the produce labels. I first want to educate you to what you are consuming and how to identify GMO produce. When you buy produce from a supermarket, you'll see a sticker containing a four or five digit number. This number is called the price lookup code or PLU code. If you're like most people, you just peel the sticker off and throw it away. But the numbers on this sticker mean a lot to your health. Since 1990, PLU codes have been assigned by the International Federation for Produce Standards. They make inventory control and checkout easier, faster, and more accurate. There's a great article at blog.paleohacks.com that you should read. 
And as I mentioned, we have included the link in our blog post at Healing Life Wisdom. So step one, look for the number on the sticker. If the number on that sticker has only four digits and the numbers are between 3,000 and 4,999, that means the item was conventionally grown. Conventionally means it was grown in a traditional way according to industrial agriculture, which includes the use of pesticides, chemical fertilizers to promote growth, and chemical herbicides for weed maintenance. Make a note of this so that you remember that any number sequence on the sticker that starts with a 3 or a 4 means that there were pesticides, chemical fertilizers, or chemical herbicides used to grow that produce. And produce with the prefix 9 will have five digits. So look for the number 9 tacked on the beginning of the four-digit identifier. Any produce that starts with a 9 means the item was grown organically. Remember, 9 is fine. As you may know, organic farming differs from conventional farming in a few ways. They use compost and manure instead of chemical fertilizers. The insects and birds, mating disruption and or traps are used in place of synthetic pesticides. They use crop rotation, hand weeding, and mulches instead of synthetic herbicides. So now it gets even more complicated. Juicingforhealth.com offers even more details. For instance, a five-digit PLU code starting with the number three means the produce was irradiated, which means it was electronically pasteurized. This site goes on to explain that the last four digits of the PLU code are simply what kind of fruit or vegetable the sticker is on. An example is that all bananas are labeled with the code 4011. Next time you buy bananas, check it out for yourself. I would pick the organic banana, so that means I am looking for the code 94011. Now here is where we get into GMOs. If there are five digits in the PLU code and the number starts with an 8, This tells you that the item is a genetically modified fruit or vegetable. Genetically modified fruits and vegetables trump being organic. So it is impossible to eat organic produce that are grown from genetically modified seeds. So, for example, a genetically engineered banana would start with the number 8, followed by the banana code or 84011. Again, if your produce is genetically modified, the code will start with an 8. By the way, I don't think that they genetically modify bananas at this point, so I'm just using that as an example. A sticker with more than five digits means that the number isn't a part of the internationally standardized system. For example, if the sticker is six digits long, though it may have a label, there's no guarantee about where the item came from or what the item is. Also, the system is voluntary and is not regulated by a government agency. But PLU stickers are usually required by the retail industry and are used based on business needs to identify a point of sale. For example, supermarkets and other retail grocers, say like Target, usually require the use of a PLU sticker on produce. Okay, so we've established how to identify what you are eating in fresh produce But what about packaged foods? As of right now in the United States, GMO foods are deemed safe. If you read between the lines 
on the information that you're going to find online, you will understand that there is a lot of lobbying that goes on in the U.S. regarding the labeling of GMO ingredients. Other countries, however, have taken a hard stand. At least 19 countries in Europe ban the production of GMO produce, and all 28 require GMO products to be labeled. There's tons of research fighting for both sides, but there's no solid scientific consensus yet on GMO safety. It's not yet required for food producers to label GMO products in the U.S., but it's a very hot topic, and the decision's not yet final. So stick with us here, because you will start to understand why you should know when you are consuming GMOs. So where did GMOs come from? It is reported that in the 1970s, Monsanto, a name you've probably heard of, began to popularize the use of genetically modified organisms, GMOs, to incorporate seeds containing glyphosate, also known as Roundup, which is an herbicide to make their crops weed resistant. On one side of the debate is the idea that genetic engineering is progress for humanity and it is a natural extension of more traditional breeding techniques. The other side believes genetically modified foods are unsafe for human consumption and harmful to the environment. Biotech companies claim that genetic modification yields more precise control over artificial selection. Studies funded by the industry consistently demonstrate safety, but only over the short term. For years, Monsanto, Dow, Syngenta, and other biotech-based agricultural companies have told the public that we have nothing to worry about. This will be the technology that will improve food in every conceivable way. They say food will be more nutritious, more vigorous, and more disease-resistant. There are literally thousands of studies by the industry demonstrating GMO safety. However, one of the first studies to raise the alarm on the concerns about glyphosate was a two-year long-term chronic toxicity study called the Serlini Study. You will want to read the really comprehensive article on collective-evolution.com that goes into great deal on the Serlini Study, which was published in the Journal of Food and Chemical Toxicology. After the research was completed, it went through rigorous reviews as well as a four-month review process by scientists and researchers. It was eventually approved and published only to be retracted by the request of the journal. Although hundreds of scientists around the world condemned the retraction and the researchers addressed the criticisms. After the study was retracted, there were more than 100 notable scientists who came forward to oppose the retraction, calling it an industry retraction. Manipulation of science isn't new. Just take a look at the recent resignation of the CDC director, as well as the 16 scientists from the CDC who came forward saying that corporate and political influence of science has gotten out of hand. It makes you question, who's in charge of all this and who is in charge of watching out for your health safety? Next up, what is glyphosate? We just touched briefly on science and genetically modified organisms to incorporate seeds containing glyphosate, again, a.k.a. Roundup, which is an herbicide to make their crops weed resistant. Glyphosate is the active ingredient in Roundup, the Monsanto weed killer. Many of you probably have a bottle of Roundup in your garage and have used it to kill weeds in your landscaping. 
Roundup was produced for decades by Monsanto, which this year merged with the German pharmaceutical company Bayer AG. If you've heard about Monsanto in the news recently, then you've heard that a California jury ordered Monsanto to pay $289 million in damages to a man dying of cancer, which he says was caused by his repeated exposure to large quantities of Roundup and other glyphosate-based weed killers while working as a school groundskeeper. So besides its household use, glyphosate is sprayed on hundreds of U.S. agricultural crops. And did you know it cannot be removed through washing or cooking? That's really disturbing. The FDA and USDA do not test food for glyphosate. However, independent FDA-registered lab tests have found extremely high levels of glyphosate in some of our most iconic food products, and we'll talk about those in just a while. Glyphosate is the most heavily used chemical herbicide in human agricultural history. Its use has increased 300-fold since it was introduced in 1974, particularly skyrocketing after the introduction of the herbicide-resistant Roundup-ready genetically modified organisms in 1996. This has been going on for a long time. Increasingly, glyphosate is also sprayed just before harvest on wheat, barley, oats, and beans that are not genetically engineered. Glyphosate kills the crop, drying it out so that it can be harvested sooner than if the plants were allowed to die naturally. Each year, more than 250 million pounds of glyphosate are sprayed on American crops, primarily those Roundup-ready crops, which are corn, oats, wheats, and soybeans that are genetically engineered to withstand the herbicide. So stay with me here. (laughs) Curiously enough, the EPA banned glyphosate over 30 years ago, but then apparently mysteriously reversed its decision after studies were put out by Monsanto proving glyphosate safety. However, there is alleged evidence to suggest that these studies may have been faked for the benefit of Monsanto and corporate greed over the sale of their products. But it's important that you read online to make the decision for yourself as to whether or not the studies are reflecting true results, as there is evidence in many cases for many scientific studies that sway their results for the benefit of the researcher and or the companies and institutions that fund such studies. Usually, all you need to do is follow the money. Always question who is paying for the research. But the good news is that glyphosate is currently banned on organic crops. The good news is that when organic produce is tested, it consistently comes up with far fewer pesticide residues than non-organic produce. That's why organic food is a safer choice. So why should we be concerned about glyphosate? Glyphosate, which is patented as a chelating agent, can bind with nutrients in the soil, preventing the plants from absorbing them. It is reported that the chelating action may negatively affect the nutritional value of food. Glyphosate also acts as an antibiotic that can kill bacteria. And emerging scientific evidence suggests that it may lead to a harmful imbalance in bacteria in soil and in human and animal intestinal flora. Researchers also believe the herbicide may act as a hormone disruptor. Through recent studies, glyphosate has been associated with a host of health issues, such as kidney disease, reproductive problems, and birth defects. 
exposure to glyphosate is also linked to liver damage. In a 2016 study, researchers concluded that even in extremely low doses, rats exposed to Roundup developed non-alcoholic fatty liver disease, or NAFLD, over a two-year period. The dose of glyphosate used in the study was thousands of times below what is permitted by regulators worldwide. The label on Roundup states that glyphosate targets an enzyme found in plants, but not in people or animals. However, both the Organic Consumers Association and Beyond Pesticides state that studies show that the enzyme is found in people and pets. Foodrenegade.com shares a really good article on the link between Roundup and GMOs. In a recent paper published in the journal Entropy, Dr. Stephanie Seneff and Anthony Samsel argue that key ingredient in Roundup, which of course is glyphosate, contributes to most of the diseases associated with a Western diet. Everything from gastrointestinal disorders to mood swings, heart disease to diabetes. In her paper, Dr. Seneff argues that glyphosate interrupts your gut bacteria's metabolic pathways the same way it does a plant's. Furthermore, it adversely affects our gut's population of beneficial bacteria more dramatically than it does our gut's population of pathogens. This allows the pathogens in our gut to overgrow, creating excess toxins. These toxins, these excess toxins lead to inflammation. The inflammation wrecks our gut lining, creating a leaky gut. How many of you have heard about friends or family being diagnosed recently with leaky gut. The toxins escape into our bloodstream and disrupt neural pathways leading to mood swings, autoimmune diseases, digestive orders. It can also lead to systemic low-grade inflammation, which cutting-edge research indicates is the culprit behind most chronic diseases like type 2 diabetes, obesity, and heart disease. Remember that chronic inflammation falls below the threshold of perceived pain. You don't think you feel sick, but a fire is quietly smoldering within you, upsetting the delicate balance among all of the major systems, endocrine, central nervous, digestive, and cardiovascular respiratory. In a healthy body, these systems communicate with each other. With chronic inflammation, that communication becomes distorted. Well, it's true that you're not chugging down bottles of glyphosate containing Roundup or pouring it on your food like a condiment, you are eating plenty of glyphosate residues in your food, particularly if you're eating foods made from Roundup-ready, genetically modified GMO crops like sugar beets, corn, canola oil, which is made from the rapeseed, and soy. Wheat, almonds, and corn also come under this headline. Unfortunately, about 85% of the food sold in our grocery stores contain these GMOs. Glyphosate is not included in government monitoring of pesticide residues in foods. So in addition to possible exposure to glyphosate in the food we eat, there's also exposure through the animals that eat GMO food. Over 18 years ago, an Iowa farmer noticed a problem with his hogs. During breeding, the female sows exhibited all signs of pregnancy, yet when the time came to deliver, nothing happened the phenomenon called pseudopregnancy. Over the next year, the breeding rates in the sow herd plummeted 80%. 
The problem was eventually traced back to the feed, which was genetically modified Bt corn. This pig farmer wasn't the only farmer with the problem. More than 20 farmers in Iowa at that time and surrounding states reported the same breeding problems. At least five farmers switched to non-GMO corn feed and the problem disappeared. In 2011, a Danish hog farmer observed that health problems in his pigs, including ailments such as bloat, ulcers, and diarrhea, were common with his use of genetically modified soy feed. He switched to non-GMO feed and saw immediate improvements in the health of his sow herd. It is explained that glyphosate alters the microbiome, which is the mixture of bacteria in the bowels necessary for health in animals and people. So how can you avoid glyphosate residues in your food? Unfortunately, because GMOs aren't currently labeled in the U.S., you have no way of knowing whether or not you're eating them. Also, many non-GMO foods are treated with glyphosate or grown in fields where glyphosate was used before planting. Glyphosate has now been found in a range of popular U.S. food products and also discovered in the urine of people across America. Popular oat cereals, oatmeal, granola, and snack bars come with a hefty dose of weed-killing poison in Roundup, according to some independent laboratory tests. Some names you may be familiar with that have tested positive for glyphosate include Cheerios, Wheaties, Trix, Annie's, Kellogg's Corn Flakes, Kellogg's Raisin Bran, Kashi, Special K, Cheez-Its, Ritz, Oreo, Triscuit, Fritos, Doritos, Lay's, Goldfish, Lucy's, and the list is, goes on. But it isn't just cereals and granola bars people have to worry about. According to a new study published in February of 2019, people now start to need to start being aware of glyphosate in beer and wine, and glyphosate has also been found in name brand orange juice. I'm sure there's a lot more food that is contaminated that hasn't been reported yet because the studies haven't either been started or completed. And as we continually see organic products coming up as positive for glyphosate, it makes us question, are any foods safe from this dangerous chemical? On a chart from the Environmental Protection Agency available online, you'll see that barley crops are sprayed with over 600,000 pounds of glyphosate annually, and grapes are sprayed with over 1.5 million pounds of glyphosate annually. As you might have already connected the dots, barley is the preferred crop used to make beer, and grapes are the crop, of course, used to make wine. With this information in mind, it is of no surprise that most wine and beer samples contain glyphosate. As you explore more, you will find the statistics on how much glyphosate is considered safe for humans. When you total up the parts per billion in the foods that you're eating, you can quickly become contaminated. A new study called the Global Glyphosate Study set out to determine whether the levels of the toxic chemical set as safe by the U.S. EPA are actually safe. What they found was that the amount set as safe by the EPA are not actually safe. Instead, they're linked to, and I just said this word a little while ago, microbiome imbalances and damage to DNA. The results occurred even when there were small exposures to the pesticide for a short period of time. A strong and healthy microbiome is essential for good physical, and mental health. I can't repeat that enough. So adding glyphosate into the mix can seriously interfere with how our body feels and functions. 
Uh, let's talk about glyphosate global contamination and glyphosate in our water. Roundup and generic versions of it have become the most widely used agricultural chemicals in history. Over 1.8 million tons of glyphosate have been used in the United States since it was introduced back in 1974. Worldwide, nearly 9.4 million tons of the chemical have been used on crops as of 2014. It's no wonder, then, why the herbicide is showing up in our foods and bodies. As weeds become more and more resistant to Roundup and other glyphosate-based herbicides, they're doing, using stronger formulas and more frequent springs to, to overcome that. As we are exposed to higher levels of glyphosate, concentrations of the chemical build up in the body over time. This could mean dangerous consequences not only for our health, but the health of our planet. One recent study by the U.S. government sampled waterways in 38 states and followed glyphosate in the majority of rivers, streams, ditches, and wastewater treatment plants tested. It was also found in 70% of our rainfall samples. Risk of overspray from other farms and contamination through rainfall or irrigation water is the main reason why we're seeing glyphosate-positive tests coming from organically grown food and beverage products. This doesn't mean that organic is necessarily bad. We often see that if organic product is tainted with glyphosate, the levels are significantly lower than those found in conventional produce. For example, conventional wine was found with over 51.4 parts per billion of glyphosate, whereas organic wine was found with a mere 4.8 parts per million. Once again, we want to remind you that organic will always be the better choice. Frey Vineyards, the nation's first certified organic winery, was the organic wine that tested positive for low levels of glyphosate. In a statement, Frey said that it was farming practices have never included the use of chemical herbicides, including glyphosate. This example of how even organic farming has been tainted and highlights the fact that we can't avoid glyphosate until a regulatory action or permanent ban has been put into effect. The best we can do until then is to choose organic products. Even your own, growing your own food isn't the perfect answer as your garden water is supplied by waterways that are tainted by glyphosate. So how do we steer clear of glyphosate in foods? In 2016, Food Democracy Now! and the Detox Project commissioned tests that found these high levels of glyphosate in many American foods, including some products that are certified organic or non-GMO, as Candace just talked about. It's important to understand that glyphosate isn't just on the outside of the plants, it's absorbed into the plants. And remember, as I said before, glyphosate contamination cannot be removed by washing and it isn't broken down by cooking or baking. So besides reading your produce labels, how do you start avoiding glyphosate? One way is look for the non-GMO project verified label. It's a label you may recognize that has an orange butterfly on green leaves. This label indicates that a product doesn't contain GMOs, which is helpful information to know. But this label won't tell you whether the product is free of glyphosate. That was news to me. The best way to steer clear of glyphosate sprayed food is to seek out products that bear the USDA organic label. And that's a round label that just reads USDA organic. In order to receive organic certification, food producers cannot knowingly spray food with synthetic chemical pesticides such as glyphosate. Unfortunately, as we mentioned, 
its use is so rampant that the herbicide may contaminate food that isn't directly sprayed, including organic crops. There are other new labels that you can look for on your packaged foods. The Detox Project is a research and certification platform that uses an FDA-registered food testing lab to test for toxic chemicals. They have launched the Glyphosate Residue-Free Label, which offers more transparency and provides extra assurance against glyphosate exposure. The Detox Project is working with food manufacturers and grocery chains to get this label on more products so that consumers can more easily avoid these contaminants in their food. The first product to be verified glyphosate residue-free is Leaf and Love Organic Lemonade, with more soon to follow. If you want to help with this glyphosate residue-free labeling uh, and help it become successful and increase the likelihood of creating a safer food system for everyone, contact your favorite food companies by email or through social media and ask them to get verified by the Detox Project. You can find out more information about the program by visiting our blog post on HealingLifeWisdom.com. The good news is, to reduce your exposure to glyphosate, you can go organic. An organic diet for one week reportedly reduces pesticide exposures by 90%. Since GMOs and Roundup are both prohibited from organic production, the simplest way to avoid glyphosate contamination in food and to reduce exposures to synthetic pesticides is to eat organic food. A 2014 study published in the Journal of Environmental Research confirmed that families eating an organic diet for as little as one week removed more than 90% of the pesticides from their system, as detected through urine tests. According to this independent study, the average person is exposed from 10 to 13 pesticide residues each day from food, beverages, and drinking water. So go, go organic and drink clean water. So, Candace, this is a big deal. This is a big, big deal. I, I had no idea how big a deal. I'm absolutely I know. I've amazed. been talking to you for weeks about wanting, actually probably months, about wanting to talk about this topic that uh, it's really been bothering me for a really long time. And it actually, I think, wasn't until this uh, lawsuit in California where um, the, the gentleman who had been using Roundup for so many years as a school groundskeeper, you know, where he was awarded this very large settlement, that I realized that we actually have a fighting chance now because that's what brought it to the forefront. I do understand that there's a lot of other lawsuits behind his that are in the pipeline, but that was the big one that really brought it uh, to the surface. I have noticed there's been a lot of talk on the news lately about Roundup, not so much glyphosate, which I've had to say so many times tonight. <laughs> I don't know I don't know how else to, to, to talk about it other than using it by its name. Well, I think uh, we need to use it to make people aware of it, because I think people do know that Roundup's not good anymore. When it was first introduced, it was like supposed to be the greatest thing that ever happened. I remember, because I had an herbal farm at one point, right. and it's like, oh, you can use Roundup. It's wonderful. It's good for the environment. It doesn't hurt people. And then later, no. <laughs> um, yeah. Then you started hearing a little bit here and there, and but it hasn't come into the mainstream and I didn't know about the California um, jury case, so um, it, just here it's come up on the news, but not in context with that um, that case. 
Right. And you had heard about GMOs, right? You were familiar oh, with I, GMOs. Oh, I absolutely heard about GMOs, yes. And I knew they weren't good. But, again, unless you have the facts, right. you kind of gloss over it. Well, I know those aren't good for me, but I don't really know why, but I know they're not good for me, but tomorrow I'll think about it. Not today. <laughs> and and with so many people coming up with um, gut issues and leaky gut syndrome and stomach issues and such, it's really important that you really understand all of the the ways that you might be affected. And when this is coming up in tests other than those that were done by the industry who said, you know, there's no problem, those uh, who are really digging in and finding out how these chemicals can affect us and the fact that they're using so many millions and millions of pounds of this chemical, it's something you need to be aware of. Right. And I think the first thing they can do is stop buying Roundup. Mm -hmm. And like I think you said, most people have it in their garage. I do not. (laughs) Haven't had Mm -hmm. it for years because I know better. But most people still probably kind of think it's okay. So stop buying Roundup because you don't want it in your house. You don't want it around your house. You don't want it in your vegetable garden. So um, that's the first step. And then start talking to friends and family and spread the word. Right. And and look for the labeling on your packaged foods. Like I said, I was really surprised with that, the one label that has the butterfly on it, uh, which is the non-GMO. I, I always look for that, yeah. Right. It, I always it says use it's that, not but GMO. I thought, no. <laughs> It's not. Oh, yeah. yeah. What about the glyphosate? And also Roundup is not the only labeled um, weed killer that has glyphosate in it. So that seems to be the one that's the most recognized. So if you're looking for other alternatives, uh, there are some natural alternatives where you can can take uh, vinegar and dish soap and I don't remember what else. Yeah, there's and, a lot of natural ones. If you get into the herb, herbal books and the herbal gardening, there's a lot of right. um, very natural things to deal with things, especially in your own vegetable garden at home. Right. So I don't know what else to say other than eat organic because that's definitely, if you have any sort of wellness issues, first thing you should do is try and switch over to everything organic. Uh, this is an issue that's not going to go away because of, it being so used so much. And what is wrong with us in the U.S.? When you take a look at other countries that are actually banning these products, they're obviously reading some sort of research that we do or we don't have access to, and they're determining they're not going to allow these chemicals into their countries. So we as consumers have to speak up and stop buying these products. Yeah, even in the herbal world, that we do, we we in the United States do not take the the studies from Europe, um, mm-hmm. and and use them in our country. We have to do whole new studies. They don't accept their their research, which is fabulous research in all those countries, right. and they're way ahead of us on things and um, especially banning things that need to be banned. And so um, this is something we all have to get on board with. And um, and this brings back to the thing of the, the um, liver rescue book with Anthony Williams, because of course he's all talking about the liver and where do all these pesticides go? <laughs> right into right. our gut and into our liver. Right. So you can do cleanses, uh, celery juice, as we've talked about each week. You can add 16 ounces of just pure celery juice uh, into your daily uh, consumption. And Anthony Williams recommends that you don't eat anything 30 minutes before or 30 minutes after. Drink your celery juice 
of course, there's other great things that you can do for cleanses, but that's certainly what I'm recommending for myself and for everyone else right now. So, And we are uh, full of pesticides from the past when those, all those horrible things that were banned, we were eating. So we are right. just little toxic waste dumps anyway, and we need to just stop this and start cleansing and clean up our, our whole body and our food. And I know so many people don't want to hear topics about like what we're talking about tonight, but I'm sorry. I have to talk about it. So, well, I think, um, too, and if, if they hear it enough times from different sources, that at some point they will wake up, they'll mm-hmm. go, oh, you know, something will hit them that they'll, that is personalized for them. I think it's not personal in most cases. Right. It's like, you know, it's out there somewhere, but it's not, it's not really, you know, affecting them personally, but it is, especially right. if they've got um, health issues. This is a very important issue they have to think about. Well, Candace, I think that wraps up this episode. And once again, thank you so much for joining me today. And uh, I, next week, I know we're talking about a lighter subject, but it's equally yes, as yes. helpful. It was not so. so many hard words to pronounce. <laughs> <laughs> I know. We, we've got it out of our system now. So thanks again we for do. joining we, me. We'll, we'll, and I, <laughs> and thank ahead. you for letting me be part of the, the show tonight. I really enjoyed it. Thank you. Okay. I'll talk to you uh, next Sunday night. Okay, great. Okay, take care. For more information, I invite you to go to healinglifewisdom.com, click on blog archives, and you can find the post that Candace and I wrote on today's topic, and check out the links to the Healing Life Wisdom On Demand podcast, just like this one. Also, follow us on Twitter at Healing Life 444 or Facebook at Healing Life Wisdom. And keep this discussion going. Please share our links with your friends and family. It's so important that we all share on our path to wellness. I'm Tiffany Windsor, and this is Healing Life Wisdom. Have a fabulous and healthy week. Thanks for listening.